Good day and welcome to this podcast, Future of Insurance Industry Leaders. I am really thrilled and happy to welcome Stacy Brown, founder of InsureTech Hartford. Stacy, welcome. Hi, Denise. So Stacy and I've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last few years with the whole InsureTech movement, and I've attended a few of the InsureTech Hartford events, and we've met up at InsureTech Connect and other industry events. Stacey, why don't you give a little bit of background on yourself and what you are doing at InsureTech Hartford around innovation? Sure. Stacey Brown here. I have been in the industry for about 18 years now and you know, working for only two carriers throughout that whole journey. And you know, I'm still there. I still have a full-time day job working for a, for a large global carrier. But about three years ago, I started seeing all the trends that were going on with InsureTech and innovation. And I felt I I wanted to be a part of it somehow. And there was a ton of resources that we had in Hartford. How do I engage with all that? And nothing was going on. So I I just started InsureTech Hartford. And the early days for InsureTech Hartford was all about disruption, right? It was, you know, you know, so I called it disrupt days. It was all, we were really heavily focused on networking and, you know, we were running hackathons and, and trying to bring people together to come up with new ideas and, and make new connections. But now we're, you know, over these last three years, you know, we're, we're kind of more into, I, won't, I want to use disrupt as the, as the main word. It's more about build now, right? And it's about, you know, driving innovation through community activation, whether it's helping to continue to build the ecosystem around the, the greater Hartford area, you know, helping transform culture within carrier communities, as well as uh, helping grow in the startups and working with the, the startups as well. And even our organization has grown and matured where, you know, where we used to do just networking events and hackathons, you know, now we're doing uh, an annual symposium. We have uh, the innovation challenge that as of now when recording this podcast is actually in flight. So that's turned into a global event as a result of COVID-19. We were originally planning it as a regional event. And now that everything had to go digital, we'd said, why not make it a global event? So we're, we're really been able to grow our contribution to uh, the InsureTech innovation space. That's fabulous. InsureTech kind of came on the scene. It was starting to come on the scene late 2015 when it separated from FinTech. Early 2016, the industry just kind of like took a pause on everything because they weren't sure what this InsureTech thing was going to be all about. And everybody thought it was going to be kind of, oh, it's going to be like the dot-com. It's going to have a real strong interest and then it's just going to bomb. And it's, it's not bombed. Now, while due to COVID-19, investments are going to probably take take a pullback for a period of time, it really has impacted the industry. And to your point, I think the initial thought was it was all about disruption, but I've seen so many different benefits that they've really brought to the industry that has really forced us to kind of think things differently, particularly taking an outside-in approach from a customer perspective. What benefits have you seen and the value that InsureTech in general has brought to the industry? Well, you know, definitely it's caused everyone to stop and look at the customer because the, the customer's needs are also changing because the customer demographics are rapidly changing, right? You got boomers mm-hmm. coming out, you got millennials coming in. And uh, and so there are different expectations in every aspect of, of how we live and, and, and how we work. So, you know, those those millennials that, you know, maybe people were thinking, oh, these are college kids, right? College students. Yeah. They're they're actually in the workforce. They're they're in management positions now. They're they're getting up towards forty. You know they're making home decisions and they're they're full on decision making 
adults in our business community. So all those changes, all, all that stuff was driving the changes. But I think, you know, some of what we're seeing is some of the new innovations where things like, you know, the concept of insurance not being time bound and being usage bound, right? And having to be available 24 by seven, um, because that's, you know, somebody just might need to do a policy change at three o'clock in the morning, you know? People have that expectation now that they should be able to. So I think InsureTech has been helping us on that journey and keeping up with the times. And it's become so important. Innovation itself has become so important in our industry that we even see like AM Best picking up on it, incorporating it as a part of their rating uh, process. And so all, you know, all the large carriers at this point have some form of innovation going on. You know, the value is um, you know, also addressing. I think the insure tech movement has also helped with talent gap uh, to some degree. A couple of years ago, that was a, a big thing that people were talking about. And I think yep. it's still a thing, but I think insure tech has been helping with that as well. So, you know, if you look for how did a specific innovation make a difference or create value, sometimes there's winners and sometimes there's losers. But when, when I look at what's been happening over the last few years, and to your point, all the way back to the spinoff from FinTech in 2015, I see that there's been a lot of value created in, in a lot of different areas. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And your comment about AM Best is really quite relevant uh, related to what you started off with that InsureTech was really about disruption. And it was really a disruptive focus. And, you know, it's kind of moved into an operational focus. And I think AM Best has really brought that back to the forefront with their rating, because really one aspect of the rating is really looking for operational innovation. What can you do to your existing business today to make it much more conducive to your customers and innovative to some of the market demands? But at the same time, thinking about what's your business of the future going to be? Because that new buying segment, to your point, the millennials and Gen Z, they have a whole different kind of demographic and, and a set of de expectations. I mean, they compare us. We, we often joke that it's about Amazon, but quite frankly, they're comparing us to like a Netflix also. When you look at that and you think about what's the future of insurance going to be, fundamentally our operating model, let alone our technology, has to, has to change because we can't just assume the business processes are going to be the same with this next generation of customers. And so when you think about the future of insurance, what do you see insurance leaders leading and doing to kind of respond to that future that's different than our past? Well, I think, you know, leaders they're always working with one leg in two different canoes, right? There's the, the run the business and the change the business. And the run the business is, you know, keep the cash cow running and doing what it needs to do while, while change the business tends to be, you know, more future oriented. And, you know, there's always that, that shareholder pressure about performance. You're only as good as the latest quarter and things of that sort, but you have to be strategic. And, I think now is with all that's going on with uh, COVID and uh, the economy, I think now is actually a really great time to show leadership, right? It's it's a great time to double down. You know, there's that, that saying about investing where you should be buying when others are selling and selling when others are buying. And Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett yes, quote. Yes. I, 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 didn't, I didn't make it up for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a Warren Buffett quote, I, absolutely. 
So I think that's the opportunity that's in front of us now. So leaders, some of them are increasing investment from, from folks I'm talking to. There are companies out there that are actually increasing. Maybe what they're choosing to spend on is the, the profile of that might be changing a little bit, but it's, uh, it's, it's all about speed nowadays. And, and mm-hmm. so they, they are seeing the opportunity and, uh, and, they're, and they're going after it. And, the, and then there's the, the, the more laggard groups that are out there that are just you know, they want to be innovative. They want to say that they're innovative, but they want to see that the innovation is going to be a proven business case first, you know, the show me the money approach. Yeah. And I, I think of folks like, in terms of leadership, I think of folks like what Paul Tyler has been doing at NASA Re, where, you know, he's been working really hard at, at helping insure techs, building out an incubator there, but it's actually helped his own company a ton in terms of branding and recognition in, in the industry, mm-hmm. as well as uh, you know using that to help drive cultural change uh, internally. Not that I know too much about what goes on inside the, the four walls of his company, but I, that's that's some of what I'm hearing. So you know there are leaders that are out there and they're they're taking the risk, they're investing the energy, and they're investing the time and the capital. And that's basically what I I've been seeing, Denise. I think there's two things that you said that really, I think I would just emphasize and uh, love your opinion. It's this whole concept of speed. You know, mm-hmm. the, the amount, the speed that we have to get um, new products to market, the speed to kind of create new kinds of experiences, anything around, with regard to the business so that we can really respond to the changing dynamics in the marketplace. That coupled with leaders versus laggards. I think in the past, we thought that, well, we could kind of wait. We could kind of see what those leaders are going to do, those people on the leading edge or those rapid followers, because we can always just put additional resources to it and we can catch up. I think the combination of speed and how quickly things are changing and the dynamics of the marketplace, I think those that are are waiting to see really risk their business for the future because that gap between where leaders go and, and themselves and the amount of resources that it's going to take to try to jump that gap is just, is huge. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's things like API is no longer an option, right? It's, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's not even, it's not even a differentiator. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a standard, right? Like everybody's got to have it. And in, in speed is all, you know, digital is all about helping with the speed of things. And, and that's where you see a lot of innovation happening as well is, you know, how do we streamline? How do we become more digital? And this, again, I keep referencing COVID-19 just because it's so prevalent right now around us. But there's been a lot, I hear a lot of people talking about how the old processes and manual processes are mm-hmm. standing out like sore thumbs right now. Things oh, that yeah. require wet signatures and seals, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, people have to run to the post office and they, you know, they're mailing stuff to to each other's houses and stuff. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Exactly. And I think that's where one of the really interesting things that came out of InsureTech is this concept of ecosystems and how we could be partnering with some of these InsureTech startups that are providing different kinds of innovative capabilities or different kinds of data sources and how we could really integrate them through dynamic APIs to your point and creating this concept that we, we don't have to build everything in the four walls of our, of our companies any longer. And that partnerships can be really interesting partnerships with a wide range of capabilities. And I think that that is yet to be really tapped into yet by most insurance companies because they still don't really quite know how to manage that and to work with some of these insure techs 
to get them to do the paperwork for all of the security and all of the stuff that typically, a, you know, corporate America wants is just overwhelming that I think that we don't quite know how to work with them yet and really leverage the real potential of that. What's your thoughts? I think it, it's definitely a thing, but I understand both sides of the coin. And it's one of the interesting things with working both inside a carrier, but then working closely with the entrepreneurial community. There has to be safety and in, in controls in, in place, you know, because the there's a, there's a lot of assets under management and there's a lot to lose if something goes wrong. When you're mm-hmm. a startup, you've got really nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, you know, you're, you're a lot more willing to take risks. So I kind of see that, you know, playing out in, in the real world. So it is, a, it is a thing. And I don't know that it could ever be solved because here's the thing. If a startup is lucky, they grow and they become a legacy company, right? Yep. <laughs> And then there's some other startup wondering why they're so big and they're so slow and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's yep. just a cycle. Yeah. Well, I, I do see some companies taking a little bit more risk at, you know, trying to work through them. Obviously there's needs to be safeguards, but maybe not the same level of safeguards that, you know, if you're going to be working with a big, um, you know, established big tech company as an example. And so it's kind of like, you know, Managing it, if you're not, you're only doing it for maybe an MVP product, that's different than trying to do it for a whole portfolio of products, as an example, or whatever, you know, kind of being it as, as the usage of it expands. Right. I think, I think some, some organizations have been, you know, trying to define fast paths through some of that stuff, right, where they start to look at, you know, what's the size of the risk here? You know, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars contract, not tens of millions of dollars contract. Do you really want to put the same degree of rigor around it? Yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make as much sense, right? When so when yep. they start looking at it in that context, there there are organizations that do look at it that way. They they try to balance their own resources mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise you're bringing in a cannon to kill a fly too. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously there's a little bit of a downturn from the uh, insure tech investment for this first quarter that we've seen in the in the news as compared to the previous four to five years, primarily due to financial impact of COVID-19. What are you beginning to see interest um, in InsureTech Hartford with regard to investment in some of the startup? Do you see that this may be a slight pause for a few months and that it'll accelerate again? Or what do you see? So I'll say more generically rather than just specific to what's going on around Hartford. I think there are sources of funding that have uh, dried up for capital, as well as, you know, a lot of the startups are working on a lot of experimental and discretionary projects uh, with with carriers. And and some of that's uh, getting hit Mm -hmm. pretty hard as well. The startups are getting squeezed on both ends, but there are other investors out there that are looking at it and saying, back to uh, the Warren Buffett thing, right? (laughs) Buy when others are selling, sell when others are buying. And so there are still people out there, you know, like I I spoke to uh, Mass Mutual Ventures recently and they're still aggressively looking, you know, they've got more intents to grow their portfolios, what what I'm understanding. So, you know, it's not all drying up and and going away, but I think the hard part is uh, startups selling to insurers. So if you want to talk about what insurers are investing on, I think, like I, like I said, a, a lot of discretionary projects are getting, uh, from what I'm hearing, are getting uh, slowed or getting, getting closed or deferred, deferred starts, right? So there's some rough seas ahead for startups that are, are selling to insurers. The, but when it comes to insu- the startups like the Lemonades of the world that are mm-hmm. like the, the brokers, the startup insurers or the startup brokers and MGAs, 
I think there's still opportunity out there for them, right? Yeah. There's still a gig economy. There's still, you know, all these things that need new insurance solutions. There's new emerging risks and that's still out there, right? So I, I think they are probably going to see less of an impact from this than those people who try to, you know, sell to insurers. Yeah, the yeah the capabilities, the technology, and the data. Yeah, I also think that it's also because of that, particularly for the uh, technology insure techs and the data insure techs. There's the potential of um, some merger and ac- um, acquisition activity. Um, you know, as they begin to get squeezed too, that there'll be a little bit of a consolidation, and then that may then you know as we come out of this, kind of have a new flurry of of new new activity. Absolutely, and I think the next time around is going to be different too. Right? Yeah. So, you know, there's like the Gartner hype cycle is, is what I have in my mind, that curve, right? Where it uh-huh. spikes real high, then it drops real hard. And uh-huh. then you, you come up the, uh, the, the slope of productivity or, or something like that, they call it. And I think that's where we're going to be heading after this, right? It, it's not going to be as wild as and crazy maybe as it was before, but uh-huh. it's not dead, right? I think, I think now we're going to start seeing, you know, more strategic alignment through through M&A, as you said, and, and there's going to be new value created through synergies from, from things like that. And we're going to continue to see this, uh, you know, investment in insure tech and insurance grow to the extent that it's helping the industry become more efficient and more productive. You know, I, I uh, wrote something recently, a blog, and I talked about how, you know, out of the dot-com era and then after the financial crisis and the introduction, just the introduction of InsureTech five years ago and now out of COVID, every one of those kind of major events to different degrees and for differing reasons, we come out of that with something interesting and new across the marketplace, let alone in insurance. You know, when you think about coming out of, out of the financial crisis, that's when the iPhone was introduced. It was right around that same time. And think how it just kind of accelerated this whole kind of uh, new digital businesses. And then out of that came um, Uber and Airbnb, and out of that came on-demand insurance. So I think coming out of this, there's an opportunity for some real innovation based on the new kinds of risks that we've identified as a result of COVID and the way that people want to interact with us. So I see a lot of good coming out of it, actually, too. Absolutely. So, yeah. So when you when you kind of think about insurance and insure tech, um, where do you see the industry over the next two to three years, Stacey? I guess it depends on where you're looking at it from. I, I think incumbents are, you know, they're going to continue focusing on uh, on the OPEX side of the house, right? You know, because the, there's where, where there are hard business cases, it's always easy to get the money on, on, on the inside. Well, easy is, is, is not necessarily the right word, but when, when you have a hard business case, it's a lot easier to get the money versus, you know, things that are, about, hey, if we do this, we can generate more new business, which tends to be a little bit more speculative, right? Mm-hmm. So I think those, those OPEX projects and investments will, you know, that help reduce those, those manual processes and forms and data entry and, and things, I think will continue to, to be a focus. And then regulatory efficiency as well is something that I know in some states, they're looking at themselves and saying, you know, how, how do we become more efficient? We know there's, there's all this stuff about the, the black box rating engines and stuff like that. But let's look at our own operations and what do we need to do to, to become more efficient. And I think um, incumbents are also going to continue to need to be flexible 
and responsive to market opportunities, right? They need yep. to be able to build and test and deploy and, and market at, at high speeds. I don't know. Maybe you know somebody who's uh, who's good at that. I, you know I anybody that knows a thing or two about <laughs> rapid build, test, and deploy? Yep, you know. that's kind of one of the areas that we've really focused in on with some of our customers in InsureTax, just to, because that's the way it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think startups will continue to have the luxury of not having a legacy. Over the next three years, I think we'll see a lot of these companies continue to scale. You know, they're, they're continuing to be faster at meeting the needs of the customers and understanding the needs of the customers. And, uh, you know, to your point, the iPhone uh, didn't exist 10 years ago, but now nobody can live without it. And there are entire business models built off of that, uh, that technology. So there's going to be some kind of new entrance, uh, you know, coming up in the next three years. If I knew what that was, I don't know if I'd even say it, but uh, <laughs> I, I think we're going to see something really disruptive really soon. I agree. I totally agree. It's going to be a really interesting uh, next couple of years to see how all of this uh, kind of unfolds. So if you could pick one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would that be and why, Stacy? Okay, I think that I think it's opportunity, right? I think uh, Ooh, love it. you know there's there's new markets uh, continuing to expand and grow in emerging markets. There's you know new customers as the millennials are coming into their own now. There's new technologies and advances in different technologies. Uh, things like you know edge and computing and quantum computing are going to take all this AI stuff to levels that we can't even think about. It's going to start to be the future is now for, for darn sure. You know, there's new talent as well uh, as a result of all this insure yep. tech stuff. And that's creating lots of opportunity of what's possible. And there's more data. There's more data now than ever before. And the, the funny thing about it is we'll have twice the data in a year or two from now. So there's tons of data. There's new customers, new markets, new technologies. If you put all those things together, it equals opportunity. I remember... Uh, I think it was maybe around 2017, Matteo Carbone and, and Andrea Savello wrote that book. They said, uh, all the insurance players will be InsureTech, right? They were right. I, you know, everyone's going to be uh, InsureTech now. It, you, you have to be digital. You, it, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's table stakes now. Yep, we're technology companies that happen to sell certain kinds of, uh, certain kinds of products and services, and it's a different world. Yep, it sure is. Yep. So, well, Stacey, it's been a great conversation. So appreciate your leadership, your uh, forward thinking uh, with the work that you're doing at InsureTech Hartford. Um, look forward to um, hopefully sometime in the near future being able to attend a face-to-face -face event and have a great conversation face-to-face. -face. Well, thank you, Denise. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And, and thank you to our audience. Hope you uh, enjoy this podcast with Stacey Brown, founder of InsureTech Hartford. Thank you.